G'day everyone, welcome to another Tune Under podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's original and best podcast dedicated to all things Newcastle United. We're here to talk about the FA Cup disaster, a um, bit of transfer business and we'll touch on the Leicester preview at the end tonight. I'm joined by Dimmy, a fellow member of the most friendliest state in the world. How are you, mate? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Bit, uh, bit scratchy this morning waking up at uh, quarter to five to to watch that. But uh, I probably should have expected it after our FA Cup history the last 10, 12 years. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll probably do we'll probably do a downer. We've, I mean, it's only the second game we've lost all season. So we've, we've had a pretty good run. So we'll get into what it, what it all means. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been good. It's been a beautiful day down here. And uh, like you said, the... Yes, uh, the sunshine state of Australia, let's call it that. Yes, yes. Voted voted the most friendliest city in the world, Melbourne. So, yeah, I was Clearly. I was like you, mate. I was I was a bit bit rusty this morning. Um, probably had one too many cordials off the hardwood last night, and was a bit scratchy when I woke up. And things things sort of didn't really improve after, that, unfortunately. But um, we'll get into that uh, just before we start. Uh, just a reminder um, to like, uh, comment on the video or on our socials or stuff like that. Um, like the video as well. It helps us a lot with uh, the algorithms of, of YouTube and stuff like that, or leave a review on your, on your podcast service. Um, also memberships as well. Um, they're still available. It's a dollar 49 a month in Australia or 85 pence a month in the UK. And our stores up and running. If you go to our web at two and under, um, We've got some stuff in store if, if that's uh, what you want to do. So, yeah, anyway, moving right along. Uh, it was a bit of a disastrous morning, I guess you want to call it. Um, losing 2-1 away to Sheffield United. Uh, I think most people thought Wednesday. we were going to win. Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, yeah, shitty Wednesday. Apologies. Um, yeah, so I thought probably lost most people were going to be okay and that put up a good fight as, as a League One side will when the Premier League side comes to play them on their turf. Um, but, yeah, what were you thinking about this, Demi, before the game? Pretty confident. I mean, it's 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 a weird feeling now. Going into every game as a Newcastle fan, you're, you're sort of expecting a good result these days. And historically, we've been going into games expecting to be disappointed and expecting failure. But, but this season and the last 12 months under Eddie, it's been a myriad of great results and, and positive performances. So I thought there were going to be a few changes and, and that might upset the apple cart a little bit, but I, I still thought we, we had enough to get the job done and unfortunately uh, we did it. Yeah, I was the same. I expected I expected changes and I expected we'd still have enough to beat a, a league one side, but yeah, we didn't. So uh, we'll jump into the lineups. We'll start off with the home team. Um I'm probably like you, mate. I, the only name that sort of jumped out there was Windus, and I thought it was Dean, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't him. Um, I'm not even going to bother reading the team out because no one knows any of the players. Never probably heard of any of them before, except for Windus. That wasn't the Windus that we all thought it was. So, um, yeah, League One team. Uh, apparently, they'd been on a, a bit of a, a bit of a run, like they're on a bit of a streak themselves. So. There were no mugs. They weren't. They're not struggling league one. They're obviously right up there as well. So 
um, yeah, this was all this was all found out after the game that oh yeah, they're not as bad as what you think they are, but they're still a League One team, so we should be we should be beating them. But um, I'll, I'll flick over to our team now. Um, for those listening, it was uh, Martin Dubravka made his first start of the season for us, uh, first game back. Oh, sorry, second game back, and he was straight the uh, starting lineup. Um, Pope given the the day off as well, not even on the bench. Darlow's Darlow was the subkeeper. Um, Mankio, Lascelles, Botman, and Lewis, uh, Longstaff, Anderson, Jolinton, Richie, Murphy, and the big dog uh, Alexander Isak back for his first game. Uh, we'll we'll start off with Isak. Were you surprised to see him start, mate, or were you sort of half expecting that? I was half expecting it, to be honest, after the way Eddie was speaking that he, he was close and sort of he's been training with the first team. And I thought that they'd, they'd want to give him a run out against, not not to say Wednesday were going to be a pushover. Clearly they weren't this morning, but get, get him to stretch his legs, get a half, maybe 60 minutes into him against a lower league team, maybe get a goal, get some get some confidence up. That was probably the thinking around starting him. And, and ho- hopefully you don't need... Uh, like we'll talk in a minute, big uh, big wood coming on in the second half that didn't work out too well. But it, that that was that was always I think to get the the match fitness and get the uh, the cobwebs out and probably Eddie thought against the League One side he'll have a fair bit of space and, and some chances and he actually did have a few chances in the first half but uh, wasn't able to put it away. No, um, I, I I was sort of the same. I half expecting him to start too after the Friday's press conference. He was he's a bit. Eddie was a bit bullish on him, I guess. He, you know, he obviously doesn't like to give things away, whether they're playing or not playing or who's injured, who's not injured and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he, he did seem a bit a bit coy on on whether Isak was going to be featured and, or or stuff like that. And I don't know. It was just a gut feel. I thought he was probably going to play. I didn't think he was going to start probably, but I, I thought he was going to be involved in some capacity just to give him a run out, like even if it was the last half an hour get his legs under him again and, and hopefully he can feature again against Leicester in the um in the League Cup. But um I suppose the the big the big talking point and it sort of started uh last night, I guess, for us, which was probably the morning of the game in the UK was that uh the the Twitter rumors going around that ASM had had a bust up with um with Eddie Howe and he wouldn't be featured like the, it, it was a no, no uh, reputable account. I can't remember the exact uh, name of it, but it, it wasn't a reputable account, but um, as sort of, as we slept, I guess, and we wake up and we start scrolling through Twitter, I think uh, it was a Craig Hope. I think it, it dropped that he wasn't, I yeah. think he was the first, he was the first one that said he wasn't going to be involved uh, in the squad. And then, yeah, the, the rumour mill really cranked into overdrive. And um, I think it was it was put put to – I wouldn't say it was put to bed, but it was um, – I think it was – Clarify. Yeah, it was, it was a pre-game interview, I think, with Eddie who had said that that he was sick after training Friday and um, that's, that's why he's not involved in the squad at all. Um, I might uh, flick over to another little – uh, screenshot that I that I took uh, off ASM's Instagram account. Um, he, he just sort of put a picture up of the game and said, uh, "Always behind you guys. I will be back very soon." With a um, emoji with a mask on it and a little flexing muscle. Uh, 
take of that what you will. Um, they sort of stories corroborate, I guess. And um, but b- before that, once in, in between the rumours and then Craig Hope dropping the um, the news that he wasn't going to be in the squad at all, uh, Twitter uh, Twitter fans were quickly to scour through just last week or well, eight days ago, really. He's um, a tweet he'd put on uh, New Year's Day. It, it read, starting off this new year, I wanted to thank everyone for the support and always believing in me through the good and the bad. As I begin a new chapter, I will give my all, as I always have for better days to come. I hope you guys are ready. The best is yet to come. Um, and <laughs> in between that, yeah, probably an hour, I think, sort of time frame between the, the news dropping and the the confirmation that he was actually sick. There was a lot of people reading into that. Um, it wasn't what it seemed as you read it on New Year's Day with the information or the rumours that he'd, he'd had a bust up with Eddie and stuff like that. And I'll put my hand up. I sort of started reading it like that too, as in begin a new chapter, as in he wasn't going to be here for much longer. How would you... Well, how did you react first, Dimmy, and, and what did you make of his social media work over the last uh, his last week? Yeah, he's a big social media exponent, let's say, and uh, sometimes his posts can be a little bit cryptic. I, I didn't read too much into his New Year post in terms of new chapter. Obviously, the rumours started that he had a bust-up. With, with Maxi, it seems like every few months there's a rumour about him either being injured in training or... He's had a bust up with somebody. There's always some talk issue around around him, unfortunately, and it probably stems back from his reputation back back in France, where he did have a reputation of being difficult to to manage and being a bit of a maverick, if I can follow uh, Mr. Pardew's term about uh, old mate Hatam. So it was, yeah, you put two and two together, you get in some cases some people got four. I I, I didn't read it that way, but. But yeah, obviously, until Craig Hope confirmed that and Eddie confirmed that he was ill, you could you could definitely take it to the fact that oh, a new chapter means he's been uh, he's been flicked away and uh, he's about to be sold. Like I said, there was a there was an hour window where it really it really cranked in overdrive and and the uh, the conspiracy theorists. But um, I think it. You take him on face value at the moment, and you take him for their word that he is sick now. Um, I think we'll probably know in a week's time if that's in fact correct or not. If he's if he's not involved at uh, Leicester in a few days' time, off the the Fulham game, uh, maybe yeah, maybe even the game after Fulham, because I'm just thinking he might have COVID, so that that could be a week. So he might not be at the Fulham game, but if if he doesn't feature the game after Fulham, I think there's definitely something else at play, and, and the Twitter rumor mongers might have been on the money from the start, and or he might he might be gone by Fulham. <laughs> if he's gone by Fulham, he's definitely something's definitely happened. But um, um, yeah, I think this one won't be put to bed. I'll probably for another ten days or so, and then we'll actually get. Uh, clarification and stuff like that. But like I said to you earlier, I, I don't he, – he's the most polarising player in our squad and he probably has been the most polarising player we've had for 
probably since Adam Ben Offer himself. Um, yeah, I've made my feelings known on him. I think I think it's time for him to go. Probably a bit more harsher terms than that, but I, yeah, I, I don't think I think we should cut our losses with him now. Um, he doesn't seem to be sort of worth the hassle that he's seemed to be providing at the moment. And the reality is, he's probably a he's probably a third choice left winger at the moment because. Joel Linton's playing before him, and, and Murphy seems to be the first one off the bench um, most games, especially if they're um, a tight game where we're either hanging on for a draw or trying to preserve a lead. So um, and given our our form, uh, I guess that he's not really required at the moment, Dimmy. How would how do you see his next, let's, let's say, his next sort of six weeks? at the club how do you think it's going to go for him yeah so i'm i'm probably opposite to you i'm i'm a maxi supporter and i'd, I'd like to see him hang around i definitely think there's there's a special talent in there and and somebody that can really help help the team in terms of how it's going to go i, I think yeah i think this january window is going to be obviously obviously key because if, if he's had a bust up then i'm pretty sure eddie will want him out quick smart because we could use the cash if we can get a get a decent transfer fee for him. So I think if he's there by the end of January, that means the rumors were all were all rubbish and and he's going to put his put his head down and and try and force his way in. People do forget as well. Last year when we had that run when Bruno first came, Bruno didn't play I think for six or seven games or he didn't start a game for for no. six or seven games. So and clearly Bruno was better than the players that were playing. But when your team's going well and and they're winning. It's hard to make changes, so which is, which is say, what's happening. Now. Yeah, which is what's happened now. Exactly right. Plus, Maxi's had a couple of knocks or a couple of issues with his hamstrings and, and hasn't been fit. So, law of averages will say we we might drop a few more points between now and the end of the season. So, there's going to be a, a moment. Hopefully not, but there's going to be a moment that Maxi will be needed, and and he'll he'll get a run of games. And I mean, I know everyone keeps pointing back to that same Man City game that he played Man City off the park. He was untouchable that game, but yeah, he also scored a one goal at Wolves a couple of weeks later that, that saved us a point. And, and he's, he hasn't had, obviously he hasn't been great lately. He's been injured and, and, and that's been a problem, but I do think there's a player player in there. And I, I do think we should keep him around because player, play, a player with that sort of talent doesn't come around very often. And, and our team, like we saw against Leeds, we saw at times today, our team can be a little bit monotonous and, can struggle when teams get a lot of men behind the ball. And he's that sort of something different that potentially you might need in a, in an 85th minute, or even if he's in the start every week, you, you're chasing a goal half an hour to go. Defenders are tired, bring him on. He might, he might cause havoc. So I think he's definitely a valuable weapon for us, for our, for our push for, for European football. The, the only, look, I, I'm, I'm not saying he's no good. Um, I think he's a very, I think he's a very good player, actually. And that Man City game proved that he played against one of the best sides in Europe and was the best player on the pitch by far that day. And gave bloody Kyle Walker nightmares. But the the thing is that that Man City game is a one in six or a one in seven game, and the other five or six are there are two or three out of ten. Like sometimes he's he's shocking. And I mean that, that Wolves game, that goal was fantastic, but. Then he done his hammy chasing out um, that last uh, that last attack, and that was 
what sent him back on the injury trail. Um, and but one thing I think that sort of might work in his fight, provided he is actually sick and, and all that, is our lack of midfield. He could solve our lack of midfield depth by sort of taking back that left wing and, and pushing Joe back into the middle. And, and obviously, I think Longstaff would be the obvious the obvious one to to shift out of there. But then we get a bit of midfield cover because at the moment we've got four central midfielders and they're all they're all playing at the same time, which makes it hard to to rotate and, and things like that. So yeah, there, there is a there is a chance there. There is a role for him there, but it, but the ball's in his court and he, he's got to try and force force his way into that side. Now being sick and, and unavailable is not really helping him, but uh yeah, the, the ball's in his court. But yeah, if it was up to me, I, I think it's not worth the trouble anymore. He's missing more games than he's actually playing. And we're at a point now where we actually need squad depth, as in players to play and, and rotate and, and things like that. So um yeah, that's that's why I think he should go. But anyway, we'll get in we'll get into the game. Uh not so much the game. Um we'll just we'll just touch on the goals. It was nil-nil at half time. We had a couple of decent chances that um that we sort of we fluffed. Similar to similar to the Leeds game, I guess, where we did have we did have some some good chances and just couldn't put the ball into the back of the net. Um, but then on 52 minutes, uh, Sheffield Wednesday took the lead uh, a little bit controversially. Um, I'm not sure what player it was, but he sort of had the ball in the middle of the field. It was a fantastic turn to take Longstaff and, and Anderson completely out of it, and he turned towards goal and they were off. Um, Plotted out to the right and a quick uh, a sort of a pass into Windus who who beat uh, Lascelles at the near post and, and put it past Dubravka. Um, and then yeah, the second goal, Bruno sort of misplaces a header. Jolinton gets a bad touch and one more t- uh, Sheffield Wednesday player gets it one touch through to Windus who splits Lascelles and Botman as well and he's he's on goal. And to be fair, it was a pretty good finish. I thought um, Dubravka had no chance, but. What were your what were your thoughts on both them goals, Demi? I, I know you probably want to roll your axe out and um, start swinging at, at someone in particular. So, what, what, what were your thoughts on both the goals? Yeah, well, there <laughs> not not to blame, not to point fingers, but there was uh, someone That's central cool. to. Central pointing axes, not fingers. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was there was there was someone in the centre of defence. Who may or may not have been wearing the captain's armband this morning? That uh, was central to to both those goals. But but now nah, all, all jokes aside, they were both soft goals. And and Lascelles, Lascelles, the second goal got got turned. It was a good through ball to be fair. By I think it was Smith there, their other striker. It was a nice through ball and, and quality finish yeah. by Windass. But Lascelles got turned way too easy and just couldn't oh, come up and couldn't. He was running on a. Tri- I thought oh, he was on a treadmill trying to chase yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Once he, he turned, was... I thought, mate, get off the treadmill. <laughs> he was running yeah, out of the spot. Oh, yeah. He, he was not covering that, and which is which is obviously not, not ideal. And and really all game, not just to get back to the cells, all, all game, he, he just doesn't strike you with confidence when he when he's around anymore. He's he seems nervous on the ball. He doesn't know when to press. I mean, there was a couple of times where he's trying to play offside when no one's trying to play offside. He, he plays he plays his striker clean through and there's a couple of moments like that where he just doesn't doesn't have the rhythm obviously he hasn't been playing which is not ideal for him but doesn't have the rhythm so yeah both those goals were sloppy there was 
multiple players at fault. The second one, yeah, Bruno, sloppy header, Jolinton, sloppy touch. But I think it all stemmed from the lack of cohesion that we had in defence, which we've been having every week. We've been playing the same back four, back five for week in, week out and not conceding any goals. All of a sudden we make four changes to that back five and everyone's sort of been pulled, around, pulled, pulled about everywhere. So that's unfortunately what happens when you change change the back line. It, it can cause can cause issues more than more more than any other line in in uh, in the pitch. Yeah. Um, then, well, four minutes later, we we peg one back through a trippier corner that was flicked on by uh, Wood at the near post, and the keeper sort of parried it straight to Bruno, who was also a little bit offside as well. Who <laughs> way off his yeah. feet and he toe poked it in to bring it back to two one. Um, it was interesting though. After that, I was watching the the Liverpool Wolves game, and they had VAR for their yeah. game. I, I I just think it's weird that um some some grounds have it or some games have it. it was some just, grounds don't. I think yeah it needs to get to a point where it, it's got to get to a point where I think everyone has it or everyone doesn't. You can't then like it might be hard in the third round with a lot of like a few. Uh, non-league teams in, like uh, I said, Wrexham, Wrexham rolled Coventry as well. So, like, they might not – look, yeah, that was their Coventry. So Coventry are a championship side, so they might have the the um, facilities to, to sort of have VAR. But, yeah, I think it might, it might get to a point, whether it's the fourth round or the fifth round or whatever it is, that um, every game should have it. But, yeah, I, I just found it a bit strange that – we didn't, but some people did. Yeah, I think they said before the game only the Premier League grounds were using it. I, I yeah, don't quote me, but I believe Championship and 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 lower lower leagues don't use VAR until until potentially the playoffs or the playoff final. So yeah, I think that's that's probably the reason why we didn't have it at Hillsborough. I mean, Hillsborough is not exactly a ten thousand seat stadium with rickety uh, communications and rickety media. It's obviously a yeah. historic ground with probably decent media facilities. And so the reason was, yeah, it was definitely only a Premier League, Premier League grounds who had VAR. Obviously it worked in our favour for that, for that Bruno's goal, but their goal was offside too. So probably that cancelled yeah. each other out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a, it's not a knock or a criticism. It's just a, a, I think if everyone should have it or everyone doesn't have it until a, until a certain point. Well, exactly. You've yeah. you got to have a level playing field because if, it didn't really cost us this morning because we probably didn't deserve to win because of it. No, no, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Not not making excuses that we lost because we didn't have VAR, but like there there could be a stage where yeah that happens, and, and it might be a it might be a league one team against us who get a who get a bad call and it's zero zero and you know they should have scored and it was one nil and it was given offside and he wasn't offside and VAR would have shown that, but yeah, I just think but yeah, it should be. It's either we're all in or everyone's all out. It's not a yeah. um, some some do, some don't. But anyway, moving on. Uh yeah, we'll touch just the last chance at the end. Um Big Joe plays a beautiful ball through for, for Chris Wood and he just fucked it. <laughs> That's probably the they the uh the best way to put it. Um like I know he, he I think he's sort of most people are off him by now. They, yeah, he works hard, but 
you know, he doesn't have the thing. But at the end of the day, you, you've got to realise, one, yes, he's a he's a £25 million pound striker, but we, we bought him because that was his release course. Like, he, like it, it's not – like it, we had to buy. We needed someone in straight away. We, we, we didn't have time to haggle a club over a transfer fee and and stuff like that. And, like, he was bought from a, the side second bottom in the Premier League with the lowest – one of the lowest goals for um, – and a side who just would lump balls into him and he'd try and get his head on the end of it. Now, we're basically the complete opposite of of that team and, and we – fly directly in the face of his strengths, which is obviously trying to get his head on balls that come into the box and stuff like that. And th- that's that's not who he is. He, he doesn't suit the way we play. And he, he was bought as a must and a needs last week. And, yeah, I don't know how. I I, I don't think we'll get rid of him now in, in, in this January window, but it definitely um, – I think in the summer we can get another striker in. I think his time might be up. How, how did you view the whole sort of that last, not the last, but that shot at goal, the last meaningful chance is probably the way to put it, and and Chris Wood in general? Yeah, obviously not ideal, skying the skying an open goal from about eight yards out. Not Definitely not ideal when we're 2-1 <laughs> down to, to a League One team, but... Before before the chance, I just got to say that Kieran Trippier pass first time was absolutely outstanding. Oh, it's yeah. it's the second time this season where he's he's played a ball. I think the one, the last time was against Southampton. We played that ball for for Willick to score. It's the second time that he's just been absolutely mesmerising with his quality on the ball. And just to, to just to mention again quickly for him to have a right back to have the ability to do that is is an absolute luxury. So kudos to Trippier. It was a it deserved the goal that that pass alone. But, but yeah, look, obviously Wood should score. He knows he should score. You could tell as soon as he's missed it, the rest of the game, you could just see in his head, his his mind wasn't on it. He was still thinking about that chance for the next 10, 15 yeah. minutes. He was, he was ropeable. Even after the game, when they went to the plot, when they went to the fans to, to clap him off, you could still see his face cursing himself saying, how the, did I miss that? Um, yeah. And not even and test the keeper. Yeah, exactly right. Just ballooning over the bar. Yeah. Um, it was it was awful finish, but to be fair to be fair to Wood, in in this game, I mean Anderson, I thought had even a, a, just as good a chance that he had a that save yeah. from a corner. Isak in the first half had a header from about six yards that he probably should have put put in the back yeah. of the net. Murphy had another one where he was one on one, and God knows what he was trying to do with chipping the keeper from from there. He completely butchered That's, it as he usually yeah. does. Yeah, that's Jacob. Mur- that's Jacob Murphy. We yeah, we sort of get. We we sort of we've come to expect nothing yeah, rubbish in that, in that no, regard exactly. when it comes to him. Exactly right. So look, Wood Wood's definitely not going to be in our long term plans. I think everybody knows that. Everyone at the club knows that. The fans know that. But he served his purpose when we got him, and he did a job for us that we needed to that we needed to be done. He weakened Burnley. He he helped us go on that win streak and. And have a good second half of the season. Even this season, he scored a couple of crucial penalties for us. Scored a goal away at Southampton, so he hasn't been rubbish this season. But clearly, you can see his quality is not there on a consistent basis. And like you said, the way we play definitely doesn't suit the way he plays. And I think in the in the summer, once we probably get a, a few more players into that attacking third, he'll definitely be surplus for requirements and probably will sign for a, if not a 
if not a lower league Premier League team, probably a top half championship team, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so yeah, that, that was that was pretty much it. Um nothing really happened of note after that and, and whistle went. Um Eddie House Kryptonite was found out, I guess. He's everyone's saying what's his weakness? Well, lower league teams in the third round of the FA Cup, that's his weakness. <laughs> um, two from two. So yeah, so how just just thinking of it as a game, like I I was struggling to come up with my opinion, I guess, of, of where I was going to land with the game. Obviously pretty disappointed to lose it. Um, it, if anyone says, oh, well, like I'm not, I don't think it's, oh, well, I, I think you should be disappointed that we've lost to a, a League One side. I don't think it's something you can just sort of gloss over. Um, where did you, how did you land on it? Once you sort of game had finished, you're probably pissed that we lost. Um, once you sort of you calm down a bit, where did you sit on it? Yeah, it's a weird one. Usually after a loss, um, yeah, like you said, pissed, ropeable. You don't want to talk to me for a couple of hours just to let me Kick calm down. But yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah. Not to condone that. I'm not a Kurt Zuma. Uh, no, 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 not that we kick cats no, off. Not with a good zone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but but no, look, obviously it's not good to lose and obviously to lose to a League One uh, team. Yeah, go on. Got me? Yeah, sorry. Obviously yeah, it's not good to yeah. lose... Obviously, not good to lose to a League One team on on national TV in in the UK, and that that all looks looks terrible. <laughs> I forgot but, about I forgot about yeah. That. <laughs> it's always it's always us. We're always that Sky Sports Saturday night afternoon game against a lower yeah. league team. It's put yeah. us down for it every year. Yeah. So and we'll look, play straight into their hands. Yeah, obviously we're disappointed. We we lost and. It's our second loss of the season. It's not. It's not great to lose, but I, I'm I'm not too down about it now. I'm sort of all eyes focused on this Leicester game, and if you think of it realistically, we don't have the squad depth to to perform well and consistently in three competitions. So we're yeah. currently in the top four in the Premier League. We're quarterfinals of the League Cup. It would be a big task for us to say that we're going to have another big. FA Cup run on top of everything that's going on at the moment with our squad and the financial restrictions. So there was going to be a breaking point where we had to rest a lot of players and that sometimes causes yeah. issues, which clearly it did this morning. So at the end of the day, I think, yeah, it's, it's not great to lose, but uh, we, we need to move on. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I was, I was sort of similar. I thought, yeah, we, we definitely don't have the squad depth to, to fight three fires at the moment. Um, what it was semi-finals of the League Cup, or quarter-finals, sorry, of the League Cup. So that's that's going to take priority over a, a third-round FA Cup because um, we're obviously closer to a closer to a trophy on that front. So I, I did think that this was the probably least um, least important of the of the three sort of competitions that we were involved in before yesterday. And like I said at the start, I, th- I still thought we had enough to beat. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, but but where I sort of landed was the the players who had come in, like your yeah, uh, Lewis, Lascelles, 
Mankeo, Anderson as well, um, Richie. Richie. These are the guys who have either been on the bench for most of the year or haven't really played at all. Now, if it was a a one-for-one, like for, say, a Premier League game or something like that where, like, it might be in a couple of weeks if Trippier gets another yellow card and he's he's suspended for his his fifth booking, um, I think Mankeo might be able to, to sort of fill in for a game because he still has that quality around him and the guys who have played together where we can sort of cover one spot. But when you're changing half the team out to to players who haven't played and who aren't, apart from Isak, who aren't at that level of that look, let's be honest, they're a fair bit below the level of our starting starting eleven. Um the writing was on the wall a little bit, I guess, when you sort of look look at it in hindsight and and reflection, I think yeah, playing, changing half the team to a, to players that have barely kicked the ball. Oh yeah, like you can train, train as much as you like, but it's a lot different to actually playing games and stuff like that. And I mean, Anderson's had a chunk out with injury as well. Um, yeah, Isak probably hasn't played for three months too, although he only played a half. So it, it's very hard to cover and be rusty again, like like half your team. So they did have the the diamonds around them, like like Botman played and 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 Dubravka as well. Like Dubravka's barely played the whole season too. So I mean, there was plenty of guys who hadn't played, and to be fair, they done their done their chances not very good to, to be involved for the rest of the year, given the given the performances. Um, who was your man of the match? Very tough. Um, Should I? Uh... I'll, re- I'll rephrase that. Who was the least yeah. shittest player? The least shittest player. I thought, I actually thought Richie had a decent game. I thought he put in a couple of decent balls. He was doing the Matt Richie thing, buzzing around. I think he was decent. Mankia was, was half decent at right back. Probably those two, I would say. Um, let's, let, let's, let's say Matt Richie just, uh, just for shits and gigs, but uh, I don't think no, anyone else really deserved it to be honest yeah. <laughs> if we had to give a 3-2-1 I don't even think I would give I'd just pass this game and no votes awarded and to move on to Leicester um so given given the game and like we just spoke about the players who would um the players who would come in what how do you see the state of our squad at the moment well, clearly not great when there's a few injuries. Clearly not great. And it, it shows that we don't have the depth to replace an 11 like a Man City would or or a Liverpool may or some of the bigger teams in the league would. So I think it shows if we have a, a, cl- a cluster of injuries, then um, we're in uh, deep trouble. Yeah, that's how I'd sort of view it. If we get... Two or three injuries to our starting eleven. Well, yeah, if they're all be... out at the same time, we're fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's going to really put us a fair bit behind the eight ball, I reckon. Um, we'll quickly just um, we'll touch on the stats from the game here. Um, possession 
was uh, 75 to us, 24 to them. They had nine shots. We had 22 shots, which which shows, um, yeah, our lack of our lack of finishing sort of coming to bite us on the ass again. Uh, four on target. We had seven on target. Um, what else do we have? Our clear cut chances was only two, and they had two as well. I'm assuming that their two were their two goals and. Probably ours was the Bruno goal and the Wood miss. I reckon we're probably the clear cut. Uh, Eleven corners to one. Um, yeah, they had six saves to our two as well. So, um, yeah, all the all the stats tipped in our favour. But uh, yeah, you are you starting to get concerned with teams who, um, or is that what's the word they use? Low block. Are you, are you starting to get concerned with the, the teams who low block us? Uh, to an extent. I mean, we're still in this game and, and the Leeds game where we, we didn't take full full points. We still had enough chances to win. I think the issue is for us that if our best players are on in form on the pitch, then it, it can happen. We don't have the quality and depth that everyone's going to be a good finisher or Miggy's not going to be scoring a weldy every week. So that that is the, probably the concern. We don't have the depth and quality in the squad. The chances are still being created, but we don't have the depth and quality. So that would be the concern more so at the moment than, than the low block. I think we still showed this morning and against Leeds, we created enough chances. So if the chances start drying up, then potentially, yeah, potentially we may have uh, a bigger issue at hand. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's funny, like, we always speak about Miggy's sort of first half of the year and, oh, what about his goal against Fulham or the Tottenham goal was the best goal? Like, even the Southampton one, like, everyone, he's having his own goal the season competition. But, like, like that's that's not sustainable. He can't just keep no. scoring. No. He can't <laughs> keep scoring worldies, like, every week or every other week. Like, we have to be able to create yeah. and, and construct goals by passing and moving and breaking teams down. So hopefully hopefully Isaac's sort of part of that problem. Who knows? Maxi Maxi part of the solution, I should say. And Maxi maybe Maxi um is part of that solution as well where we can come to expect I think we do have a favorable run of fixtures in the league coming up on paper. But I reckon you could bet your ass that these teams are going to come and, and low block at St James's Park as well, so we do need players like that, and and maybe that's his ticket. Maybe that's Maxi's ticket into the side where we can predict the teams are going to low block against us, and and he can be that creative spark. We need to just make something happen, and because once we score, we're fine. Where they have to come out and play and and stuff like that, that's when one can turn into three or four. So. We we just need that first goal to, to break the game open. But um, so we'll move on to the transfer window now. Uh, disappointingly, we haven't signed anyone yet. I definitely thought we were going to sign three or four players in the first week of the window, but that hasn't happened yet. Joking, I I didn't think that at all. Um, uh, news from we'll, we'll we'll drop a bit of news from our like a self interest point of view. Um, We've had word down here that uh, Grant Qualls' move to Hearts should be finalised this week. Uh, it could happen probably early in the week is is what we've heard down here. Um, 
most of you know, Demi, I'll, I'll, I'll let you speak about it. Um, the connection to Hearts and, and how it's kind of unfolded. Yeah, so obviously that move looks fairly fairly nailed on. Obviously Edinburgh is not, not too far from Newcastle, which which is handy as well. But there are three Australians currently playing at Hearts, one of them being Kai Rolls, who was also his teammate at Central Coast Mariners. So here in the A-League. So that's that's a, a huge plus. And there's also two other Aussies, Cam Devlin. And the other one is... Is it Atkinson? Me. Oh, yeah, Atkinson. Atkinson, that's right. Nathan Atkinson. He was also from the A-League. So there's three other Aussies there at the moment. So that's going to help him settle in and and get his get his teeth into And the, the, they all went to the World Cup as well. So they, they correct. he's been together with them at the World Cup. So, yeah, there's another another link there yeah. so it's it, it's gonna have, obviously the not to disparage the, the scottish league obviously it's a big drop off from in terms of premier league football and and, and spl oh, football but big drop off from the a league probably is as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah, it, it is a drop off, but at this at this point, he just needs to get used to the the British British football conditions and get his teeth get his teeth into a European league, basically. So hopefully, it goes well for him, and he and he gets a lot of game time, and and by June July, he's he's back at Newcastle, ready to impress for, for pre season. Yeah, I um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it sort of unfolds for him. But I think, from a personal point of view, he probably he couldn't have picked a better club for him to for his first six months just to settle into the continent and acclimatise himself. Like we've got to remember, he's an eighteen year old kid who um, he's probably never really travelled overseas before on his own. So it's a big step for him, and I think it's going to be the right move. But um, on other on other transfer news, given our squad uh, limitations, I guess what. And if the reports are true that we're probably not going to be that active in this window, might only be one to three, one to three sort of first teams or first team squad signings, I guess. What um, what positions do you think that it, we need to sort of prioritise, I guess, in this January window? Yeah, so I think we need another midfielder. I think we need another central midfielder. We don't. We don't seem to have a lot of depth. Obviously, with Shelby being injured, he's been injured for most of the season. We've sort of been playing the same three or four for the whole season. And Touchwood, those those guys have been fit and, and they've been able to play the full season. But the way we play, the intensity that we play at, it's they're bound to be a few issues in terms of injuries and, and fatigue. So I think another central midfielder is, is very important to get. And if it can be a... A quality central midfielder who's a who's a potential starter, that's also a massive bonus for us. So I think central midfield is, is definitely one. And I think cover at fullback is obviously is I think another area we need to improve. We saw this morning how poor Jamal Lewis was, I thought, at left back. He was he was awful. And with Target being out for for a few months, we've we've really only got Dan Byrne. I don't think Dummett's an option anymore at left back. So I think uh, cover at left back or or even right back, depending on how Kraft's recovery is going. I think that they're probably the uh, the two spots we need to look for. Yeah. Um, so 
when you say central midfielder, the, the obvious one to me is the, the Tillman link. Or the bid will be made or they'll reject it anyway. Because, or he, he rejected it because he wants to keep his options open. Um, during the summer, and he can, he can pick and choose where he wants to go. Um, and it, it's hard because we don't we don't know players and who knows where they want to look like we've got no idea what what sort so we won't really speculate on the on the fullbacks who could come in or they might go a youth route i'm more i'm more interested in what we do know dimmy and that's some players are going to have to go this january who, who do you think this is a really delicate one for me but i'm keen to hear your thoughts on who you think we should sort of be looking to offload this january I think the obvious one's uh, Fraser. I think he's yeah. well and truly down the pecking order. He didn't even get any minutes, I don't think, this morning. And if he's not getting minutes in, a, in an FA Cup game where we're rotating seven to eight players, then uh, he's well and truly down the pecking order. So I think he's definitely one that we can hopefully look to sell and, and get some money for. The other one I, I would probably look to try and sell is Matt Ritchie. I don't think he... We've got much use for him anymore. I mean, he's a good teammate. He's he's very he's very passionate. He plays with a lot of heart. But I, don't, I think we've gone past that sort of player. And I think if we can get those two those two players off the books, I think they'll be on decent wages as well. If we can get Fraser and Richie off the books, that will uh, that will do nicely. Yeah, um, so yeah. I, I thought about them too, and I have read. Um, I think Darlo. Dalo could be um, one to move on as well that we've got Dubravka back. I did read something on Twitter that he can't play for another club for the season. I'm not sure how or why. Did you yeah. did you see that? Yeah. So I think he's – Is that true? Yeah. He can only play for two teams so how, how, in a season. What is that? So he's played, oh, for, okay. he's, played for yeah, Man, okay. he's played for Man United. Now he's played for us. So if we sold him to somewhere in the Premier League – Has oh, he played in I the don't... league for Man United? So it doesn't – Sorry? Well, surely you can play over – Maybe it's you can't play in the UK, but you should be able to play in Europe or something, surely. I think it's a registered re, a registered club issue. It may it may just be UK. I'm not sure if anyone's looking at him outside the UK, but definitely in the UK he can't play for a third club in uh, in this season. Yeah, right. Well, that's bullshit. Anyway, well, Darlow's, Darlow's out for me. We don't need... He's done. Then. We He's don't done. need... Yeah, we don't need that. So he's definitely one out. Richie and Fraser as well. Um I've seen some some talk around uh, Jamal Lewis also being shipped off, but I don't think we can do that at this point. And, and Mankeo as well. But, yeah, I don't think we can. We're not in a position to get rid of them. Unfortunately, we're not in a position to get rid of them players at the moment because of injuries to um, Kraft and Target. Now, they're both our probably third-choice fullbacks in their respective positions, but um, I don't think uh, Emil will play this season, to be honest, with his, his ACL recovery. And I think Target, I think, is a bit of an unknown with this heel injury he seems to have picked up. It, he's been carrying it for a while by all reports and they don't really have a time range or time frame for his return. So, it, it like you said, he can't be trusted. His bodies can't be trusted. They're not going to get rid of him. He's only got six months left on his contract. So, you just... Um, sit and bide his time and, and probably end up at Gateshead or something like that next season. But um, 
yeah, which is kind of annoying, but like we spoke about on this pod before, um, Jack's done a Jack's done a great piece on the website as well that we it's um, revolution, not evolution or evolution, whatever it was. It was evolution, 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 not evolution. Um, so yeah, and and they have said they have told journalists that um, any spending this window could potentially. Um, be taken out of the summer budget as well, which they probably prefer to do their business. But I do think we need to upgrade the, the first team in some capacity. Now, whether we sign first-team players, we well, it, it sounds stupid, but, I mean, Botman for 30 million shows, there are players who are, can be absolute quality and not have to spend stupid amounts of money like we might buy a, 23 20 million dollar players and only spend 60 for the window which is probably not that much compared to what the teams around us are probably going to spend like Chelsea's already going bananas with with their spending um Man City probably don't need to given the the strength of their squad Man United have openly come out and said that they need a striker and are looking to upgrade um unfortunately Liverpool have a ceiling so they'll probably won't spend much money in this window as well so that rules them out um, and Tottenham, Tottenham Conte, Conte is sort of very cryptic that he sort of needs players, better players, but without coming out directly and saying, I need better players. So um, if we can be really shrewd, I think, is is the word like we have been, especially last January. Um, yeah, I think we definitely need to sort of get some first-team bodies in and, and that – that could mean someone like a long staff sort of becomes a squad player now rather than a a um a first team player, which which strengthens the squad in general rather than buying sort of bench players for cover. I still I think we should look to buy first team players and, and create that competition and the ability to to rotate and, and things like that. Um I'm not sure if you've seen this. I'm guessing you would because you're a bit of a Twitter nerd like I am, and, and follow. Um, our friend of the pod, I think we can call him. If you've been on the pod, you're a friend of the pod now. So Kira McGuire, um, a football finance expert, released a, I don't know, a document, I suppose, that you want to call it? Legal you're, document. You're the, uh, the fin- Legal document. You're, yeah. the finance, you're the finance guru on this podcast tonight, probably any night if you're on there. But um, So what essentially had happened is an anonymous shareholder has purchased a one – one share of the club for for 14 million pounds um very savvy i think is is the way to describe it now um i'll quickly explain the same thing happened last january as well where an anonymous investor which was believed to be someone with the associated with uh pif brought also brought one share but it was for 40 million pounds now um, it was sort of reported that if um, shares were worth that much, the club would be worth like three hundred and twenty trillion dollars. If if ever um, if that was the true value of the share, and so what had happened was that happened. Oh, I'd like to say sort of mid January, someone had bought this this one share for forty million, and then the next week we went and bought Bruno Dan Byrne and got uh, Matty Target in on loan the next week. So it's it seems to be um, something transfer related. Um, I'll let you you speak on it, mate. Because, like I said, you're the um, you're the guru when it comes to money. 
um, you manage it, you spend it well as well. So just explain <laughs> to our, our listeners and viewers what the uh, what the what's the purpose of this? Well, why has this been done for? Yeah, it it sounds to me just a pure capital raising, quick cash injection for the club. Now we're putting two and two together, being being the fact that it's January that that's that's to buy players or to to help fund wages or something along those lines, which which hopefully it is. It also could be running costs. It also could be something to do with off field. Maybe they're improving the the training facilities, the academy facilities, something like that. So it's definitely a, a cash a cash flow injection for gym. the club. Eddie's gym is. I think his gym needs a toned down. I think his his guns are just getting a bit too big. He just wants a I new think bench. He, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's outgrown the bench. She needs a new one. <laughs> yeah, Ca- might Castor, be a sunbed. Tyndall might need another sunbed as well. Yeah. Well, Castor already make tight clothes. <laughs> I think uh, their clothes are just. I don't think they've got yeah, enough. Uh, they are. They uh, stretch. They yeah, they, they they do not stretch enough for him. So uh, no, look, it, it definitely is a, a cash flow injection for the club and. It is curious the timing of it. Hopefully, for our sake, it is to to fund one or two signings and to get those over the line in January. That would that would make sense. And and obviously, capital raising like this, selling off shares, happens all the time for for organisations. I mean, our local club down here did something similar when one of the shareholders sold his percentage last year. I I uh, I bought wait what I bought shares myself for. Uh, Oh, did you really? In, Were you one of, them, one of them suckers? Oh, that I am one of them. Richard I'm Wilson. a shareholder. Richard Wilson, I'm a shareholder yeah. of Melbourne Victory. So, uh, ah. yes. So, uh, I'm uh, technically See, part I knew of you the... Were the uh, I knew you were the guru. <laughs> uh. So, the, yeah, so Victory did something You're similar resident, last year. They, a resident Kieran oh, Maguire? <laughs> clearly. Clearly. So, yeah, it, it, it is a capital, uh, a capital raise for the club and hopefully... Like we said, it's similar to what we did last last year. It's a it's a sign of things to come in January. Yeah, so yeah, it could be a case of watch this space. Now I'm not sure what um, fourteen million gets you these days. If it is transfer related, whether it's a it's two players with an upfront payment of around seven each, or if it's a one good player with a big upfront payment. Um, yeah, we'll sort of. Um, We'll have to wait and see. But I think, yeah, it's one of them things where get all this sorted, get all your ducks in a row. So when they when they need to make a move, everything's sort of ready to um to just be very quickly and move quick and, and get this get a deal sorted, get the player in as soon as possible. And um yeah, I think that's that's why I'm 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 just looking at it because a similar thing happened last January and and yeah, a week later this the players come in. So hopefully. Fingers crossed for us that there is something bubbling underneath and um, we can sort of get a couple of bodies in because there is a bit of a congested fixture list still coming up in the next sort of six weeks. So if we can get a couple more bodies in because I don't think a Target or a, um, a John Joe will be back during this congested period. So if we can get a couple of other bodies in, that would be really handy. Um, all right, we'll finish off. We've got a big uh, a big quarterfinal, Demi. Uh, I think it's a Wednesday morning. For yeah. us here, Tuesday night, for our, our UK friends um, against Leicester at home, uh, War Flags have, have made a big 
not a big plea, just a general plea. They're not really beggars. Everyone to bring their scarves to the game and, and have um, sort of scenes reminiscent of uh, Alan Shearer's testimonial. I'm not sure if you've seen that. Oh, that's, of course you would have seen that. What sort of stupid <laughs> questions that? You probably you probably watched the DVD once a week. Um, but, yeah, that, that were yes. great scenes because that, that, that was the first time it's sort of anything like that had sort of happened at St. James Park, and I, I thought they looked – I thought they looked great. It reminded me a bit our uh, AFL fans when uh, Kevin Sheedy waved his jacket, <laughs> jacket. against yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that was um, that were great scenes. So hopefully they can uh, replicate something similar in this quarterfinal and make it a really hostile atmosphere for a, for a Leicester team who we sort of put away a couple of weeks ago as well. How do you think? We'll start off with with Leicester. How do you think they'll they'll come up and approach the game, Dimmy? Do you think they'll play a um, pretty good team, or do you think they'll be half and half and with one eye to try and keep their league position um, safe? Yeah, it, it's a tough one. I mean, they don't have a big squad similar to us, so there's not too much they'll be able to do in terms of rotation unless they're going to play full on youth academy players, which I don't think he would. So. I still think they're going to send pretty much a, the strongest lineup that they can, obviously barring a few injuries. I think Madison's still out. So bar, barring him, they'll probably send as a good a team good a team as they can. I don't think they've got the luxury to, to rest and rotate um, with their squad limit. So I think we're in for a tough game. Obviously, it's it'd be nice if it's as easy it was if it's as easy as it was at King Power, that would be nice, but it's a cup game. It's mm. it's different. It's different football. It's not a league yeah, game. So, yeah, it'll uh, it'll definitely be um, be rocking St James. Yeah, and hopefully it is. Get... Go on, mate. Oh, it is. Are we we're straight to penalties if we're still tied after the ninety minutes too, aren't we? Be no uh, yeah. no extra time or or anything like that. Yeah. So. Um, so I've just put together, I think, given our our squad for the Sheffield Wednesday game, I think we're going to be chips in here. Um, like we spoke about earlier, um, we just whipped this up. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to go full strength on, on Tuesday night and, and try and get into the semifinals. It's our best chance for a trophy this year, I feel. So, yeah, I think we'll go to our best 11, which is... Uh, Popey, Trippier, Sharp, Botman, Byrne, Longstaff, Bruno, Willock, Almiron, Joel Linton, and Wilson. Um, I think that's our best 11 at the moment. I think even if if Maxi's just got um, just got the shits or the um, gastro shits, not the uh, not the cracking of the shits, um, I, I don't think he'll, he'll make the starting 11 anyway. So, yeah, is that how is that how you think? We'll approach the game with our best, our best eleven. Yeah, absolutely. Most, I think, our strongest eleven. Sorry. Yeah, I think Eddie mentioned mentioned it as well, either pre-game or post-game that he definitely had one eye on this game, which is unusual. Yeah, for him I to think say. it was post-game. I think it was post-game. Yeah, yeah, it's unusual for him to say that. So definitely, I think we're we're priming ourselves for this game. You don't get many chances at Newcastle to get into a semi-final, so I think we need to go uh, all out attack for this one. Yeah, uh, we we'll finish off. Have you got a prediction for the game, or is it a little bit too far away to 
for your crystal ball to be clear with your prediction? Is it still a bit uh, a bit cloudy? No, I'll, I'll put I'll put my cojones on the line. I've got no uh, no shame, unlike someone else on this podcast who uh, who does fire grenade. Yeah, fraud. he does. The coward. <laughs> the coward. The coward can't even put his bloody photo up. What a coward exactly. in a group chat. He is. He's got it. Exactly. What a, what a coward. He is. But uh, no, I think uh, I think we'll get the chocolates. I don't think it'll be as easy as uh, as it was at King Power. I'm going for a two-one victory. All right, I'm going to go for a um, a shitty game, one nil win. I think uh, they'll come with a low block, and I think we'll find it very hard to uh, to break them down. I think oh, we'll have to uh, we'll speak to the the computer boffins, the other computer boffins in the group. Maybe we can just uh, name this podcast the low block, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> Might be the app the app title for it, but um, yeah, that that uh, I think that pretty much sums us up, mate. Have you got anything else you want to bring to the table or or anything like that? No, we're all good, mate. All good here. Let's hope uh, it's uh, another fifteen games unbeaten for us after after this morning. <laughs> yes, that would be fantastic. To be honest, I just take I just take winning the next one first, and then a bit of. Uh, momentum going into Fulham. So, yeah, fingers crossed. This one was just a a blip on the radar with the players who were prepared to play and our full-strength team will get the job done against Leicester and it's a fantastic atmosphere and we move into the semi-final. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining me tonight, mate. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks, everyone. Pleasure, you've if you've stuck it out to the end, appreciate that, whether you're watching or, or listening. Um, yeah, really happy that you join us. Um, we'll be back. We've got hopefully a special guest lined up for the uh, review of the Leicester game as well as a full and preview. No doubt there'll be a few transfer stories kicking around the can between now and, and uh, our live show on Thursday. So, if you've got any transfer questions, it's probably now's your time to get him in with our guest. He's uh, oh, I'll give a, a bit of a clue. He's he's uh, he's on the ball with that sort of stuff as well. He was he was pretty good for us in the preseason when the transfer window was open. Give us a couple of uh, diamonds to work with. So yeah, implore you all get your questions in on Twitter um, or even in the comments of the video for Thursday our live show. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's uh, Bobby and me with our, our special guest. So be sure to join us then. Uh, in the meantime, Dimmy, it's been a pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much for your time. And Jeez, buddy. we'll catch, catch you around. See you, everyone. See you, mate.